Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. And today is a Put Me In Coach episode for week three. And we're going to get right to it today. We're going to start talking about our sits for the week. And we're going to start with the wide receiver position. So this week, I'm highly recommending that you play Sterling Shepard. New York Giants, first Atlanta for the season, 16 catches, 19 targets, 207 yards, 9.4 air yards per target. He is getting 28% of the team's target share. Atlanta's defense has given up a league-high 80 points, and they've allowed five touchdowns to receivers in two games. Get Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants into your lineup. Another recommendation, wide receiver Rondell Moore, Arizona versus Jacksonville. His snap percentage is low, 33%. Not usually somebody that you highly recommend, but 11 of 13 targets. He's got 182 yards, one touchdown, 16.3 yards per catch, 35.2 fantasy points total, which is 17.6 per game. Really good matchup this week versus Jacksonville, and there is some questioning going on about Hopkins, whether he'll play or not play. And my thinking here is that even if he does play, this game's going to get out of control quick, and then they would probably not use Hopkins. They would be able to pull him and let him relax and heal and be better for next week. That's my recommendation. So I think Rondell Moore is a really good start for Arizona versus Jacksonville this week. How about Marquise Brown, Baltimore versus Detroit. He's averaging eight targets per game and six catches, so I would get him into my lineup. Debo scored 33 points versus Detroit's defense. Devontae Adams had 20 PPR points versus Detroit's defense. And I'm also going to go on to say that if you have Sammy Watkins, he might also be a good play. Again, eight targets averaging per game, only four catches, uh, but 18 points. Uh, yards per catch and Sammy Watkins is playing 87% of the snaps and because of the condition of Detroit's back and huge injuries they've lost like three of their defensive backs their corners their safeties I think this is a good defense I'm looking for Baltimore to get the ball down the field sounds like Lamar Jackson is going to be okay to play so I would possibly look at playing both of these guys. Definitely Marquise Brown. Sammy Watkins could be one of those sneaky, sleepy picks that you put in and, and then you're glad that you did. Another wide receiver I would get into my lineup, Cortland Sutton. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Denver versus the New York Jets. Last week he had nine catches on 12 targets, 159 yards. 309 air yards, which was number one in the NFL. He played 79% of the snaps, and Judy's out. So, Cortland Sutton, get him into your lineups. Looks like a really good play, seeing some good things there from him, and definitely look like the old Cortland Sutton that we knew a couple years ago, right? Here's another one. Um, Robert Woods, L.A. Rams versus Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay's defensive front is really good, but the back end has struggled. They are allowing the number one fantasy points to receivers in the NFL. That's Tampa Bay's defense, okay? So, yes, 
I know that you're going, well, why is he not saying, how, what about Cup? Well, Cup's have already scored 60 fantasy points, right? I don't need to tell you to play him. But Robert Woods has been a little questionable so far for the beginning of the year. This could be the breakout game for him. Get him into your lineup versus the Detroit Lions, or I mean versus Tampa Bay, and I think you would be very happy that you did that. Now, how about running backs? Let's take a look at a few of the running backs. Some of the running backs that I would recommend, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants versus Atlanta. Um, a couple things. He's got extra rest because he's coming off last week's Thursday night game. Did you see his 41-yard run? That was... That looked awful familiar, right? Awful familiar. And the other part of it is Daniel Jones is running the ball really well, which I think makes it easier for Barkley. So there you go. If you have him, play him. Might be the week. Atlanta's defense is terrible. How about Chase Edmonds, Arizona versus Jacksonville? I also feel like this could be a good week for him. 58% um, of the snaps and... He's averaging 75 yards per game, and that's on the ground and through the air. So he's, he's a good receiver, dual receiver. I think this is the week he actually scores a touchdown. So make sure you get Chase Edmonds into your lineup, Arizona versus Jacksonville. Miles Gaskin, Miami versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Another one I would recommend last year at Vegas, 14 carries, 87 yards. Five catches for 82 yards and two TDs. So the Raiders have allowed three TDs this year to running backs. I'm going to play Miles Gaskin. And with two out, I think it's uh, even more likely he has a better game for Miami versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Miles Sanders, somebody we haven't talked much about this year. Miles Sanders, Philadelphia versus Dallas. The last two games versus the Cowboys. 35 carries, 136 yards, two TDs rushing, nine catches, 104 yards. Um, so I'm going to get Miles Sanders into my lineup. He's averaging 21 PPR points per game, and he's playing 66% of the snaps. So there you go. Miles Sanders, Philadelphia versus Dallas. Running backs, I'm going to sit. James Robinson, Jacksonville versus Arizona. Um, and that's a trust factor for me. I just don't trust what's going on there in Jacksonville. And until we get a couple games back-to-back -back of production out of him, I'm not going not gonna to really consider using him. Jamal Williams, Detroit versus Baltimore. Week one was great. It was a huge plus. Week two, a huge downer. So at this point, I'm not going to put him in my lineup either. I'm going to pull Jamal Williams. I want to see what Detroit's going to do versus Baltimore. So I'm going to sit him. And then Devin Singletary, who's looked pretty good, actually, in the first couple weeks. I'm not playing him for Buffalo versus Washington. And the reason I'm not is because, did you see Moss came in and vultured two rushing touchdowns? Yes, we did. So let's stay away from those three guys um, at the running back position. And then let's go over and take a look at... Uh, I kind of skipped this one. I'm sorry. Uh, my wide receivers that I would sit... Um, Corey Davis, New York Jets versus Denver, Parker Fuller and Waddle, Miami versus LV with uh, Las Vegas with two out, and then OBJ Cleveland versus Chicago. I'm not going to be putting him in my lineup either. Uh, quarterbacks I'm going to start, Cousins, Minnesota versus Seattle. He's averaging 26 fantasy points per game, um, and 
this is his first home game. So you're going to ask me, what, what does that mean? Well, in his past five home games, Kirk Cousins is thrown for 1,417 yards, 14 TDs, two interceptions, averaging 26.8 fantasy points per game. So that's what I'm going to talk about there. The other guy, Daniel Jones. Okay, and I'm going to have to do some clarification here. So I have to go back. I got, I got asked this questions from one of my listeners about Daniel Jones because he's got Tom Brady. And he said, well, am I, gonna, am I supposed to play Daniel Jones over Tom Brady? You know, Tom Brady's playing the Rams. So I'm going to say, yes, I've kind of wavered back and forth on this. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a mad choice, right? Uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are probably why you're 2-0. and And L.A. might stonewall him. But I will tell people that Daniel Jones is a good streamer versus Atlanta. And if I had a starting quarterback like Roethlisberger or Tyrod Taylor or Fitzpatrick or Tua, then yes, I'm going to play Daniel Jones, okay? Atlanta has allowed more fantasy points. No, Daniel Jones has scored more fantasy points than Allen, Rodgers, Prescott, and Stafford. How about that for a stat? And he's played against Washington's defense and Denver's defense. He's passed for 516 yards, two touchdowns, and he's rushed for 122 yards and two TDs. So he might be a sneaky play. So there you go. Those are the quarterbacks that I would look to start that you might not be thinking about. And my sits are Lawrence, Jacksonville versus Arizona, Winston, New Orleans versus New England. Ben, Big Ben, Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow, Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. Not going to play those guys. I'm going to come back in just a moment. I'm going to go over some things you need to know. Not really doing any start sets for tight ends, but there is some interesting information out there that I want to share with you. I'll be back in just a second. All right, so here we go. We're going to get back to this podcast today, Sundays with Jeff Miller. Remember, you can reach out to me at S-O-N-D-A-Z-E with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. All right, things you need to know. We're going to start out with tight ends because, like I said, I'm not going to really do people who should start and sit at the tight end position, but we're going to cover them. Here are some things you need to know about tight ends. TJ Hawkinson leads all tight ends with 16 catches. How about that? Kyle Pitts ranks fifth among all tight ends with 104 receiving yards. To me, that's kind of crazy, but that's still a good sign, kind of, right? Uh, Cleveland tight ends. Baker Mayfield is targeting Cleveland's tight ends at a rate of 45.9% of their passes. The question is, we don't really know which tight end he's throwing the ball to. How about Darren Waller? Darren Waller has five red zone targets this year, but only one touchdown. One. And then Rob Gunkowski. He has scored on 30.8% of his targets. Now, he cannot continue at that rate. But that is a phenomenal number. And until he doesn't perform at that level, I do recommend that you continue to start him in your lineups. Some other things you need to know. There are four teams that have yet to record a rushing touchdown this year. Tampa Bay, who's playing the Rams this week. Jacksonville, who's playing Arizona. The Indianapolis Colts, playing Tennessee. And the New York Jets, playing Denver. So I rank these four teams 
from one to four. One is which team most likely will change that this week, and four is the least likely. Now, my most likely is that the Colts and Jonathan Taylor will have a rushing touchdown versus Tennessee, who's given up a ton of yardage to running backs. Next would be that Jacksonville may actually get a touchdown against Arizona, and then it goes to Tampa Bay, which I want no part of Fournette or Jones, and then to the New York Jets versus Denver, who's given up like 200 yards total offense each week. Chances of them having a rushing touchdown, very slim. Cincinnati's target share. Higgins is receiving 27% of the target share, Boyd 24%, and Chase 20%. But depth of targets, this is interesting to me. Boyd is only at 6.3 average depth of target. Higgins is at 10, and Chase is at 17.9. So there you go. If you're deciding which one of those guys you want to play this week, good luck. Okay, good luck. I don't believe Higgins will be playing this week, so it might come down to Boyd and Chase. How about running backs and the evaded tackle leaders through week two? Gibson is number one with 21. Cook has 19. Mixon, 18. Eckler, 17. Javante Williams, the rookie, at 14, playing about 50% of the snaps. That's an interesting statistic. Henry with 13. McCaffrey with 12, Taylor with 12, Ingram with 12, Barkley with 11, Pollard with 11, and Carson with 10. How's that? There are only three players who have ran 100% of the routes of their team's dropbacks. Only three in the NFL left. One is Cup, the other, McLaurin, and the last one, I'll give you a guess. Any guess? What? Oh, no, you did not say Juju Smith-Schuster, right? But Juju Smith-Schuster is the other one. There you go. More things to know this week. How about George Kittle has nine targets in two games. It's the first time since his rookie year that he has received less than 10 targets in a two-game stretch. Playing Green Bay this week. Last week, Hawkinson on nine targets had eight catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. I think this is the week Kittle breaks the ice and gets his first touchdown and actually puts up a worthy performance for your fantasy football team. Juju Smith-Schuster, average depth of target is only 4.4 yards. Whether Deontay Johnson plays or not may come into play for you, but that is actually lower than last year. Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL with 12 red zone carries, but zero touchdowns. Like I said, that's going to change this week versus that Tennessee defense. Guaranteed. Put it in the book. Make sure you're playing him. Teddy Bridgewater, 10 air yards per pass. Hmm. Do you know that's the highest ever for him in his career? That's a nice statistic, right? And how about Justin Herbert? Is he better than last year? <laughs> What was that? Okay, back to Justin Herbert. Is he better than last year? That's the question. Um, his bad throw rate went from 18% to 10.5%. So that's an improvement this year. His on-target rate 
84.9% from 76.5 last year. So that's an improvement. His completion percentage, 70.5%. 8.1% of his passes have been dropped this year, and he's still completing 70.5% of his passes. And he's 2-for-8 inside the 10-yard line. So I'm telling you, if you've got Justin Herbert, do not pull him from your lineup. Ride him out. He's going to be a good start for you this week. That's it. That's a wrap for Sundays with Jeff Miller. Thanks for joining me uh, as we continue to grow our list of people who are listening to our episodes. Please remember to share with one of your friends and then ask them to share it with somebody they know who's interested in fantasy football or the NFL. Play nice, love your neighbor, have a great weekend, and have fun. That's it. Bye.